At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Right out of Vegas! Attention Cleveland Browns fans. When you woke up this morning, here's all that had to happen for the Browns to make the playoffs. First, the Browns had to win out and finish 8-7-1. and one. Then the Ravens had to lose out to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Then the Dolphins must lose at least one of their last two to finish 8-8 eight and eight or worse. And then the Colts and Titans must not both only lose on Week 16. They need to tie in their head-to-head matchup in Week 17. Oh, snap. And that's all that had to happen. And the odds of that were happening of happening were only 50,000 to 1. Well, the Ravens won and the Titans won. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> On that note, welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. RJ Bell is out and about. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, this is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. As you know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific and 6 to 7 Eastern with RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. Each day, they take it behind the scenes. They offer solid commentary, insights, all on the world of sports betting so you can benefit from their years of expertise. And Saturday, our Saturday edition of Straight Out of Vegas, we look back at the best of, and we take another look at some of the most compelling takes and analyses from the previous week so you can enjoy them again. And here's the best thing about this concept. Each of the best of takes are designed to look ahead to this week's NFL action. So during the week, the guys devote five full hours to providing the finest content. On the weekends, we distill it down to the best hour. Of course, 
I had my own inflection as well because I live in Las Vegas too, and I've been privy to these gentlemen and their know-how for many years. So join us every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Yes, we want you along for the ride. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. Again, the show's designed to preview the NFL slate and kick off for Sunday's games is less than 12 hours away. But as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, let's just take a quick look at some of the current happenings before we dive into the NFL. The bowl season continues in all of its majesty. And of all the bowl seasons I've ever observed, well, this is certainly one of them. Although, how about those Army Black Knights? Give it up. They dropped 70 today. By the way, lest we forget, they took Oklahoma, one of the four playoff teams, into overtime a few weeks back. So don't be picking on my Army Black Knights. Now, only one more week until the opening round of the orchestrated charade they call a playoff begins. We got better stuff. Tonight we continue our new 10-second feature, While You Were Sleeping, with our own Sleepy Jay. And he's got some good stuff, I'm telling you folks. A little spoiler alert. He's got some good ones tonight. If you got on him last week with the Titans, well, you know you cashed. See, while you're sleeping, the Straight Out of Vegas staff, we work 24-7. We don't sleep. That way we can find ways so you can distress your bookie and you can impress your friends. Tonight also at the bottom of the hour, I'll take you inside the Frotto House for my weekly commentary. Now, tonight's feature... It's an honest appraisal of the debacle we call the NFL official replay system. Again, spoiler alert, I think, it, I think it's clunky. It's arcane. It's like a speed bump that causes you to spill your Coke. But I digress. I will tackle that subject at the bottom of the hour in this week's Inside the Fratto House. All right, let's give you what you came for. We start out in the city of brotherly love. Philly, fresh off their impressive Sunday night smash-mouth victory over the Rams. And in this cut, Fezzik comes right out of the gate, guns blazing, when he analyzes both of these teams, and he doesn't exactly give them glowing reviews. Meanwhile, RJ unpacks the numbers and then compares the two teams based on a sophisticated metrics analysis. Now, the two teams I'm talking about are Houston and Philly. The Texans play the Eagles tomorrow. So as a result... Fezzik highlights a certain data point when you form an impression on the Eagles and why it really might be a false impression that you have on the Eagles on this one data point when you hear a professional give his take. Let's have a listen. I am disappointed as a pro better that these two teams are playing each other, RJ, because I think they're both overrated. The Houston Texans, we've spoken about that. ESPN's number six rated team. I only have them as my number 10 rated team. 10 and one run, but lots of close wins that could have gone either way in many of those games. I tell you, I've been digging in the numbers. As I dug into Houston, boy, some of their numbers look good. I just wonder if we've been saying that same thing again and again. All those close wins. So we got the Texans are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Philly. That implies that the Texans are the smallest smidge better. Three for home field. Philly's home. So are we really saying that the Texans aren't clearly better than the Eagles with Nick Foles? Well, that ties the te- Imagine this for a second. Would the Texans have been a 13-point underdog at the Rams? No, and it ties in with my second point. These Eagles have become massively overrated, not based upon lots of data points. One data point, RJ, you have been 
trumpeting the fact that the Rams are not nearly as good as they were early in the year, and you've questioned whether they were even that good early in the year. So the Eagles win one game against the Rams, and all of a sudden they're better with Nick Foles than they were three weeks ago with Wentz? I don't think so. So to me, it feels like, yeah, we can make the case that Houston is overrated in some abstraction, but in this given game, which is all that really matters, it feels like them getting two and a half is far from overrated. Now, there's one real damning stat for the home team here. Defending Super Bowl champions are only 8-14 and 14 against the spread when they're coming off a straight-up underdog win. And that was no ordinary win last week. Remember, the Eagles were 14-point dogs, and it took a backup Nick Foles to come through with another Herculean performance. Plus, Philadelphia is only 2-9 and nine against the spread when coming home after a non-divisional game. Now, as the cut continues, RJ and Fezzik talk about matchups. And if you like special matchups, RJ dubs this game as one he really takes notice of. And in this analysis, RJ points out where the Eagles have a huge advantage. And they might very well be able to take advantage of the Texans because of a specific, a specific weakness the Texans have. But RJ does give one caveat here just to complete the comprehensive analysis of this game. Let's have a listen. This is my matchup special of the week, meaning if you look at power rankings and ratings, you could say, oh, this team's five points better. This team's three points better. Okay. But now the question is, that's an abstraction. That's just generally how good this team is in a vacuum. How does the team match up against the opponent? That's the question. I think this is a horrendous matchup for Houston. Advantage Philly. Why? Houston has the worst offensive line of any playoff caliber team. And the strength by far of the Eagles' defense is their defensive line. Now, you add in it's in Philadelphia. Crowd noise makes it harder on the O-line of the visiting team. I think there's going to be domination in that regard. Now, the flip side is Philly's D-backs are decimated. So if Watson has time, he will probably pick apart Philly Personally, I don't think Watson will have time. I think the matchup advantage for Philadelphia is the key in that game. Well, RJ is right here, spot on. Deshaun Jackson, really, he might want to wear a flak jacket here because the Eagles, they are going to pressure him and hit him more than Rocky Balboa. This is a dangerous matchup for the Texans. Why? The Eagles rank number one in the NFL in quarterback hits, and Watson has been sacked 52 times this season. On the New England, where the Patriots are a 13.5-point favorite against the visiting Buffalo Bills. Now, RJ's not big on histrionics, but he shares a trend here that favors the Patriots and Bill Belichick that causes real excitement in his voice. RJ goes on to add, regardless of the size of the line, the Pats always seem to fare well in the situation coming off a loss. But Fezzik reminds us the Bills might not feel they're overmatched, as they hung around for most of the game in the first matchup before getting extended late. Let's give it a listen. This could be the most amazing trend of the week. Bill Belichick, off a loss since 2003, has covered 72% of the time. So think about that. Is you lose a game, maybe things start tumbling down, maybe things get hurt. No, you win the next game and exceed expectations 72% of the time. Now, you might say, okay, that makes you like the Patriots. Well, here's the next level. 
when the Patriots are favored in that next game after a loss by a touchdown or more, and they're favored by 13 and a half over Buffalo, a touchdown or more, they're eight winners and 10 losers. So below 500. When it's less than a touchdown, Patriots favored after a loss, 30 winners and five losers. 30 and five against the spread. Now, that means you get cautious here, but boy, that's one to put in your back pocket. And you have to be concerned about the fact that the Bills played the Patriots, not even, but they hung in there the first time these two teams played. It was 12 to six in the fourth quarter before the Patriots pulled away very late. Meaning the Bills match up fairly well, is what you're saying. Yes. And remember, Josh Allen did not play that game. By the way, thanks to Sleepy for correcting me. I said Deshaun Jackson. I meant Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Texans. To get back to New England, playing off of RJ and Fezzik's commentary here. Look, the Pats are 14 and 2 as a favorite of 11 or more points. And let's give a tip of the cap to Buffalo because their defense does rank second in the league in yards allowed per game, third in the league in yards per play, and first in passing yards allowed per game. So handing camp in this game is like having a Sybil moment because. Here's why. The Pats, well, they've dominated this matchup in their last four meetings, winning by an average margin of 19 points per game. But New England is an uncharacteristic 1-2 this December after going 64-13 and 13 in December during the Belichick era prior to this season. But here's why I would still back the Patriots. Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, has a league-worst 65 quarterback rating. Against the Belichick defense, that's a recipe for disaster. Now, another quick side note on this game. The guys are going to talk about a correlated parlay. What that means is if you like one side, it favors the total one way or the other. So RJ is going to take a look at last week's Bills box score, and he surmises that the Patriots might have a certain mindset in this game as they approach tomorrow versus the Bills. And if you like one side and the total's correlated, you just might cash a nice ticket here. Let's give it a listen. Patriots versus the Bills. Now, if you actually look in closely into the box score, the Bill Shady McCoy didn't play last week. Ivory, he was limited. And their third string back got hurt. What I would say is the one thing we know about the Patriots, teams struggle if they're one-dimensional. And if the Bills can't run, that means Josh Allen is passing. That means trouble. On the other hand, I don't think the Patriots have any great desire for, like, huge margin here. I think they want to finish the season and get ready for the playoffs. So I look at this as Bills and the under. So this is a two-team parlay, Bills plus 13, 13 and a half, under 44 and a half. I think that's a parlay, but I think it's a profitable one. Now, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Up next, we're going to take you to the Raiders. Well, we're not going to take you to the Raiders. We're going to talk about the Raiders, what could be their final game in Oakland. We're going to talk about the Cowboys and certain tendencies they might have at home, Jags, Dolphins, and a lot, lot more. We are just getting started. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, come to you live 
from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. By the way, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover. Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. On to Oakland, but first, shout out to Mark Demand Wilson, a Detroit radio legend, out tonight with his peeps here in Las Vegas. All right. In this cut, Denver at Raiders, RJ points out that history might be made Monday night in Oakland. The end of an era, a long era, more than 50 years. As a result, there might be an emotional aspect to this event because the Raiders, well, they might just give a little extra in this game. By the way, for good measure, RJ throws in a nice Seinfeld reference. Let's have a listen. This is likely the last game in Oakland, especially at this venue. So I heard the Raiders coach saying, Gruden saying, wow, there's so much history here. We got to, you know, we got to somehow make an effort and do right by it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but boy, Gruden is a master motivator. The very fact that it is the last game at this venue, the Coliseum, I think it really might cause the Raiders to have something to play for because, quite frankly, you look at Denver, you look at Oakland, no playoffs for either team. What are they playing for? I also think we mentioned it yesterday. The Raiders were snubbed, zero all-pro players or Pro Bowl players. And to me, that's another motive. Hey, they don't think George Costanza's dad style, right? They don't think they're good enough. We're good enough for them. We're going to show them. I think the Raiders probably have a motivational edge against Denver. All right, the Broncos are a hideous 2-12 and straight up when heading on the road following a non-divisional game. Look. We all know the Raiders are no prize, but they still have been playing hard for Coach Gruden, and I, I think they are aware of the historic moment Monday night in Oakland in front of a national audience. And remember, they took it to the Pittsburgh Steelers just a couple of weeks ago in this very same field. So I'm grabbing the points here. I have a good feeling about the silver and black. All right, next up we're going to head to Indianapolis where the Giants are catching 10 against the Colts. But first, let's go to our man Sleepy Jay for another Why You're Sleeping vignette. He's got a great thought on the Packers-Jets tomorrow. And remember, he's hot. Yeah, Bernie, uh, the Packers and the Jets both out of the playoffs. Both teams are going to start their franchise quarterbacks tomorrow. It's the only game tomorrow you can actually find that specific angle. I see a lot of running in that game. I think both quarterbacks will be kept clean, not only for this game, but for next season. I like the under 47 points in this yeah, under A lot of points in New York. All right, good stuff, our uh, sleepy. I almost called you RJ. That's a compliment. All right. In this cut, Giants-Colts, RJ questions the motivation of the visitor here. That would be the New York Giants. Now, while it's tough to know how motivated the Giants are this week, Fezzik points out that because they laid an egg last week at home, literally and figuratively, they are probably going to be looking to save face. And RJ agrees Well, he puts the proper spin on their plight. Let's give it a listen. To me, Fez, the question is, what is the motivation of the Giants? Because they won four out of five. They weren't going to make the playoffs, but there was a sense of redemption. And then Tennessee just stomped. It was total domination last week. If the Giants don't play, I think, you know, hard, I think, you know, obviously the Colts are the side. Giants play hard. I think the Giants are the side. This feels like if you can determine motivation – you know the side you want to bet. And typically when an NFL team bagels, they got shut out like the Giants did last week. They bring it the following week. Because like a, a sense of redemption. Yeah, an embarrassment from the prior week. 
No, I, I wouldn't write the Giants' epitaph just yet. They're a tidy 6-0 and against the spread in their last six road games, and it just feels like this line's a bit of an overlay. The Colts land, that's a lot. Now, we have to balance that with the fact Andrew Luck is 15-6 and in December games, and one odd sidelight here, both teams were involved in shutout games last week. The Colts whitewashed Dallas while the Giants were on the wrong side versus the Titans. Now, the Colts, they've had a good season but they're still on the outside looking in. A win here keeps them in the hunt. By the way, if you're feeling saucy, you can get the Colts at 50-1 to 1 at the Westgate to win the Super Bowl. That could present some really great hedge opportunities in a couple of weeks. All right, let's head down to South Beach. The Dolphins laying 3.5 against the Jaguars. RJ takes a deep dive here when it comes to analyzing the performance of these teams as it pertains to how they perform at home Versus on the road. As a result, RJ points out, he you know he points toward one team here, and their possible internal motivation. Let's have a listen. This is a home road split special. Dolphins offense based on DVOA and advanced metric at home, the eighth best in football. Dolphins offense on the road, number twenty eight. So so much better at home. The Jags defense at home. Still, even in this bad season, third best in the NFL on the road, number 18. So I would say this is one of the games of the week. Home field matters in every game. It probably matters the most for the Dolphins this week. Uh, Jaguars quarterback Cody Kessler is a dismal 1-10 straight up as a starter of the NFL. You know, quarterbacks should be able to throw for more than 57 yards at a game. But that's all Kessler could muster last week in the loss to the Redskins while earning a quarterback rating of 35.7. The worst part for the Jags is this game is being played in Miami where Adam Gase, that's the Miami head coach, he's actually 16-6 and straight up and 12-6-4 and against the spread in South Beach. But here's the real head-turning stat. The Dolphins have lost the stat battle in their last nine games. That means they're getting out yarded. You work hard for your money. Don't bet this game. Neither team deserves to win this game. Neither team deserves to cover this game. Frankly, you deserve better. All right. The Cowboys, fresh off them getting whitewashed last week. Is that proper English? I don't know. Bear with me. Dallas leg seven at home against Tampa Bay. Now, RJ puts his psychology cap on here, and he differentiates how some teams use their success to lead to more success. But other teams... Hint, hint, Dallas, wink, nod. They kind of fall back because they don't necessarily handle prosperity well. So R.J. pulls no punches here as he accuses the home team of residing in the latter category. Let's give it a listen. Some teams, they have success, and it leads to more success. Other teams, they get flat. Dallas, team that gets flat. Jason Garrett, as a home favorite in his career, head coach, 17-32 and 32 against the spread. So at home, you're supposed to win. Cowboys tend to be flat. Look, the Saints own the number one rush defense, which I think is clearly a problem. Actually, I jumped ahead. Let me jump back. I got ahead of myself. We're talking about Dallas, Tampa Bay. In 2018, the Cowboys are 6-1 and one at home. They're 5-2 and two against the spread. So here's Jason Garrett saving grace. The Buccaneers are minus 16 in turnover differential, last in the league. And Ezekiel Elliott, well, 
he should have a field day against the Bucks' run defense, which also ranks dead last in the league in rushing touchdowns allowed, rushing yards allowed per game at 160 yards per game, and yards per play allowed at 5.3 yards per play. Here's the thing and what bothers me about this game. Tampa Bay could be buried, but they just fall out of bed and they get 500 yards of offense. So when it doesn't matter, they move the ball down the field like a hot knife through butter, which means that back door could stay open. So I'm just not a big fan uh, of this game tomorrow. Now coming up, we are going to talk Saints and, uh, and Pittsburgh. That's a very important game. Uh, we've still got to get to uh, the Falcons and Panthers and a bunch more. We've got a lot of show left to go. And before, by the way, we move along, I want to give huge, huge props to my broadcast team. That would be my man, Iowa Sam, the great Vince Close, and let's not forget the dulcet tones of Ralph Irvin. These are our guys back in L.A. that helped put this show together. We cannot do this show without them. And, of course, my on-site jack-of-all-trades here in Las Vegas, Sleepy Jay. He's the man. You'll hear him more later in the show for more why you were sleeping vignettes. So we've got several more games to get to, and including, after the bottom of the hour, my Inside the Fratto House commentary. But first, let's go to our man, the ebullient Ralph Irvin with the latest. Well, thank you very much, Bertie, and lots of playoff implications in today's actions, including one team staying alive. Final score, Tennessee 25, Washington 16. As the tight on a Saturday night, get it done again. That's WGFX 104.5 in the Titans radio network with the call. As Tennessee does stay alive, they beat Washington 25-16. They outscored the Redskins 16-3 in the fourth quarter to come back for that win. Meanwhile, Baltimore, a 22-10 win over the Chargers. The Ravens shut down the L.A. offense less than 200 total yards. In the NBA, Oklahoma City gets 43 points, 14 rebounds from Paul George. They beat Utah 107-106. James Harden, 39 points, 10 assists. Houston beat San Antonio 108-101. Golden State a 120-116 win over Dallas. Kevin Durant, 29 points, 12 rebounds in that game. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Four bowl games on Saturday, all topped off by the Hawaii Bowl. Louisiana Tech, their mana was strong at Aloha Stadium. They beat the Warriors from Hawaii 31-14. Troy wins the Dollar General Bowl. Army crushes Houston in the Armed Forces Bowl. Wake Forest takes the Birmingham Bowl over Memphis. Bernie, back to you. All right, thanks a lot, Ralph. Quick question for you, buddy. How would you, on a scale of 1 to 10, rank the efficiency and the effectiveness of the current official NFL replay system? Uh, it would probably be about a six and a half or so. It, All right, it, that's it, fair. A little generous, but that but I'm with you, buddy. It, uh, general, Vince, it, Vince it's close. better than it's been. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay, fair. Vince, close. You're up. Uh, I think I'd have to go a little bit lower. I'd probably go about a 4.5. Interesting. You know, you guys average it out to about a 5, which is about where I'd put it, which brings me to this week's Inside the Fratto House. Okay. Wake the kids, alert the neighbors, Grandpa put on pants. It's time for another rousing edition of Inside the Fratto House. You know, a harsh reality of life is that sometimes we want things we just can't have. For instance, Christmas, two days away, right? Man, all I want is that official Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle. You know, 
just like the one in Christmas Story. But I'm always told no because you guessed it will shoot someone's eye out. Well, hold that thought. Have you ever heard the name Fred Arbanis? Fred Arbanis was such a talented tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs during the old AFL days, it took Tony Gonzalez to break all his records. He was also a star on two Super Bowl teams, and he was elected to the all-time AFL team. But Fred Arbanis had one other distinction that no other NFL player has ever had. He was blind in one eye. He was a favorite among players, fans, and even officials. One day, Arbanis caught a pass over the middle and was flattened. He was knocked unconscious for several minutes. When he came to, the back judge stood over him and said, Fred, what would you ever do if you lost his sight in your good eye? Well, that's easy. Arbanis deadpan in the heat of battle. He said, I'd become a referee. <laughs> now, since 1999, the perception of referees and officials in the NFL, well, I think it's in the toilet. And that's the year official replay review was born. And after 20 years of tinkering and tweaking, I hate it now as much as ever. I know the idea is to get the calls right. No one wants to lose a game or a bet on a bad call. But does this system actually indemnify you from really doing that? You see, I say no. The process is clunky. It's lengthy. And the vast majority of the time, the original call stands anyway. In the meantime, the games are delayed incessantly, and it kills the flow. It hurts the vibe. Meanwhile, I think officials have become too dependent on booth replay. That diminishes their human instincts and their training while inserting doubt. And here's the kicker. When you show a replay over and over in slow motion from six different angles, oftentimes it adds confusion, just the opposite of its intended goal. Was he inbounds or was he out of bounds? Was that a catch? Did the receiver maintain control? Did he complete the process? Did he cross the goal line or not? Was the ball out before the elbow hit the ground? Just ask Des Bryant or Calvin Johnson or the Oakland Raiders after the tuck rule review. Do you think the system gave them their fair day in court by providing indisputable evidence? No. In fact, I could make a case that replay opens the door to even greater human interpretation. Now back to my earlier point, asking for things, you know, sometimes you can never have. I would like the NFL to play the next year's preseason games, experimenting in a way that would eliminate play just to see what it looks like, just to see how it feels. Then after that, I would like to see a simpler system, which I'm going to talk about next week's Inside the Frater House Commentary. You don't need to review every scoring play. It takes too long, and over time, frankly, everything evens out. Now, the product in the NFL is good, but it can be even better. I know I can't have it my way. I'll live with it. I know I can't have my official Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle either. I'll live with that too. But how is it that tight end Fred Arbanis managed to live with one eye but seemed to have more wits about him than those paid to officiate the game? In the end, we're going to keep watching no matter how convoluted replay is. But during those long delays, it not only ruins the moment, it sucks my will to live. And that's when it becomes the no-fun league. In the end, Fred Arbanis didn't lose his eye because it was shot by a toy gun. But even with only one good eye, Arbanis had the vision to see that professionally officiating the NFL has always been and always remains and will remain deeply flawed. All right, let's head to New Orleans. And in this cut, RJ talks about the Saints and their home field advantage at the Superdome. It's been very kind to the Saints, especially when they are above 500. And when you add up all the indoor elements, as it were, it makes for a difficult challenge for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who've been to New Orleans. Well, actually, they haven't been to New Orleans in nine years. Plus, Mike Tomlin's group, well, they're going to have to deal with a crazed fan base tomorrow in the Big Easy. Let's have a listen. 
when the Saints have a really good record and they play at home exceptionally well, and, and this is something you haven't heard anywhere else, 100%, the Saints at home in division is like 50%. Like, wow. Saints at home out of division is like 55%. If you just played them blind the last seven years, forget any other factors. Why? Because that dome, the speed of the turf, the sight lines of the dome, the crowd noise, if you're used to it, it matters, but not quite as much. When you, this Steelers have not been in New Orleans for eight years. These out-of-conference games happen at each venue every eighth year. So not many. Maybe Steelers have more players left than, than most from eight years ago. But still, it goes to show you where the Saints had two extra advantages this week. One, Pittsburgh's unfamiliar with the venue. Two, you know the crowd is going to be rocking. Now the Saints are laying six and a half here against Pittsburgh, and the cut continues. Fezzik chimes in. He's very emphatic here and the key to the Saints' success in recent weeks. And he makes an observation that really might surprise you, but he's very clear that he really likes one particular side in this game, so pay close attention. Give it a listen. You know, I'm looking at the total, and this is the key factor here, RJ. I like the under and is all about the Saints. So what's the under? Under 53 and a half for the uh, So the total, total points, points under 53. Go ahead. And it's all about the Saints winning with defense. First eight games, average score, Saints won 35 to 27, 62 points. RJ, the last four games the Saints have played, average score, Saints 20, opponents 13. There's been a fundamental shift in how the Saints are playing football. Now, any way you slice it, this game's going to be a slugfest. There's one stat that really causes me to pump the brakes on being willing to back the Saints here. They've only averaged 280 yards per game in the last four games. And we've talked about how prolific their defense is. But you know what? Pittsburgh's defense is no powder puff either. Fezzik's right. Points are going to be in a premium here. Premium here. I think you can bank on that. Now, the Saints do own the number one rush defense. It's going to be a problem for Pittsburgh. When the Steelers rush for less than 100 yards per game, they're only 2-5 and five against the spread. And I mentioned New Orleans is also number one in the league when it comes to sacks and takeaways. And as we mentioned in an earlier show, and RJ alluded to in this cut, the Saints are 12-0 and against the spread, 11-1 against the spread at home. Let me try that again. Saints are 12-0 and straight up and 11-1 against the spread at home when they field a team with an above 500 record and facing an opponent with an above 500 record. We have that situation here. By the way, this is an odd scheduling spot. The Saints haven't played at home in a month of Sundays. And when they last did, they beat Atlanta by 14 points. One last thing. Teams who beat New England this season are 0-4 the following week. Did you hear that, Steelers fans? But before you fire on this game, let's go to our man Sleepy J for another why you were sleeping vignette. He's got a great angle on the Steelers here. Yeah, Bernie, I think everyone's underestimating the Steelers' team speed here indoors. The Steelers haven't... They've only played six games indoors since 2014. In those six games, Pittsburgh hasn't lost. Perfect 6-0. and Pittsburgh averages 23.8 points per game in those games. Big Ben, 260 yards passing. I think the speed of Schuster and Antonio Brown is going to be a big problem here for the Saints. I'm on the other side. I'm taking the Steelers tomorrow plus the 6.5. Good stuff, Sleepy. He's been hot. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You know, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. That's A-U-T-O. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. Up next, we've still got to get to some more games, including Chiefs Seahawks. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and this is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to 
just straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Gecko Fox Sports Radio Studios. And great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, Atlanta visits Carolina. The Carolina Panthers are catching about three and a half. And in this cut, RJ makes no bones about how impactful the line is stuck out here, given the fact that the Panthers are playing with their backup quarterback. In spite of no Cam Newton, though, RJ feels the dog has real value here. And Fezzik chimes in with a little scouting report on Carolina's new signal caller. Let's give it a listen. This game is all about one thing, the Cam Newton adjustment after it was announced he wasn't going to start for the Panthers, ended up being about seven points. And there's really no way you can justify that. If Cam were 100% healthy and he went from that to not playing, you still don't have the seven. But Cam was a shell of himself. So the idea that it's anywhere near seven, boy, it just doesn't make sense to me, Fez. So to me... All other factors aside, Panthers got a ton of value this week. Yeah, and Heineke, their new quarterback, actually played well in the preseason. So there's that. It's probably not a game we need to spend a lot of time on. Let's get to more pressing issues, including our man Sleepy Jay for another Why You Were Sleeping vignette. You see, we're not going to sign off tonight until Sleepy Jay, Sleepy Jay gives his best bet of the week, and we take you to Chicago. That's we right, don't take Bern. you to Chicago. Actually, we take you to San Francisco. Go ahead. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take the Bears tomorrow. My best bet, Chicago Bears, minus the four and a half. 49ers, they got the Rams next week, Bernie, for their last game. It's a look-ahead spot here for San Fran. 49ers have revenge against the Rams. Early season blowout loss for San Francisco. 49ers have not seen a defense like the Bears, Bernie. Bears are going to be fun, uh, really, really focused here to finish strong. My best bet, Chicago Bears tomorrow, minus the four and a half. All right, Sleepy, you've been hot. Last week, your best bet was Tennessee, and we saw what happened there. And by the way, just one quick footnote about the Falcons-Panthers. You know, Atlanta finds themselves as a road favorite, and, and they weren't the road favorite as, as the send-off. All right, the send-off line made them three-point dogs, and that was before Carolina told the world they were shutting down Cam Newton. So Carolina has lost six games in a row, and Matt Ryan is actually 7-1 against the spread on the road in his career in games after week 12. Okay, well, I don't know what any of that even means. This is a really an ugly game. Carolina, Atlanta, an ugly game. Another game, in my opinion, not worth betting on. Probably not worth watching. Maybe not even worth playing when you think about it. Okay, I'm done. That's enough about that game. Let's get to a game I'm really looking for tomorrow night. I really mean this. Uh, let's go to Seattle. The Seahawks are hosting the Chiefs. And in this cut, Fezzik zeroes in on the Chiefs and their current state of health in this game. And his dissertation, well... It kind of reads like a mash unit. Let's give it a listen. I think the Kansas City injuries to their skill position players, remember their top running back, Hunt, released their backup running back where, I don't know if he's going to play, shoulder injury. Look at the top two wide receivers for Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, he's all world, but he's got lingering heel and wrist injuries. He does not look a full 100%. And the number two wide receiver for Kansas City, Watkins, likely out with a foot injury. All right. 
the current, you know, the Chiefs, they're currently six to one to win the Super Bowl. The Seahawks are 25 to one to do the same. Now, both teams are coming off upset losses, but the Chiefs, I think, have to be very concerned about their run defense, which is allowing over five yards per rush. Now, quick question In this game tomorrow night, who do you trust? Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson? Come on, man. Seattle is 16 and 2 in home primetime games. In fact, they're 23 and 7 all time against the spread in primetime games, whether it's home or away. But this current Seahawks team, with all of their offensive line and D back injuries, well, are they the same? Keep in mind, the Seahawks are actually 0 4 this year versus teams with top 10 defenses. And they're only 2-4 versus teams who qualify for the playoffs. So you got to be a little careful here. But in this quick cut, RJ talks about Seattle's record as a dog. When the Seahawks are getting points at home, they own a daunting record. RJ talks about how prolific the Seahawks have been in these situations. And by the way, Brad Powers gives you their exact record. It's eye-popping. Let's take a listen. Seattle has had an unbelievable against the spread record in those spots where when Seattle's an underdog at home, which is pretty rare, they do exceptionally well. Yeah, Seattle is 11-1-1 as a home underdog since 2011. That's against the spread. Against the spread. Short and sweet. Seahawks are my best bet of the week. Grab the points at home. I think they're going to win outright. All right, bonus coverage here. Let's go to my hometown of Detroit where I covered the Lions for 10 years of catching six against the Vikings. Now, Keep in mind, the Vikings are very much alive for wildcard berth, and the Lions have been done for about six decades. However, in this spot, Detroit has a way of falling in and messing things up for the contenders. In a spoiler role, you know, kind of like a cockroach falling into a plate of spaghetti. Remember, Kirk Cousins is only 12-22 and on the road as a starter. Add that to the Vikings, well, they've lost their last three road games outright, and the Lions are actually 6-2 against the spread in their last eight December games. The Lions have come under a lot of fire with the hometown fans. Everybody wants them to tank. They're not having it. They don't want to tank. They want to win. You're going to get max effort out of Detroit tomorrow. Absolutely, they're going to cover. They may even win all right. Take the Lions plus the points tomorrow. Okay, folks, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. But don't go anywhere. Up next, well, this guy... He is so badass, he eats Chantix, and he doesn't even smoke. And yes, he could kick Ray Liotta's butt. Yep, it's my man, the one and only Jonas Knox. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.